Every year, one thing is always predictable. Postage costs go up. Stamps.com gives you crazy discounts for up to 89% off USPS and UPS services, so your business will barely notice the change. Stamps.com has been indispensable for over 1 million businesses just like yours. It's like your own personal post office. No lines, no traffic, no waiting. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. My eyes lit up when I saw the shoes Kelvin gave me for my birthday party. Oh my god! Thanks, Kelvin! I've been wanting these for months! I hugged my brother and kept saying thank you. With a happy mood, I excitedly continued to unwrap Luck's gift. It was a mysterious-looking wooden box with a message above. For the most beautiful. I asked skeptically. What's inside? Open it and you'll find out, sis. When I just opened it, a clown with a hideous face popped up. I screamed in panic and fell backwards. Unfortunately, I landed on top of my birthday cake. Oh, Luck the devil had ruined my party. Hi, I'm Anna. Kevin and Luck are my two older brothers. Even though they're twins, even our family can't understand why the two of them are so different. While Kelvin is gentle, kind and helpful, Luck is a troublemaker and always bullies others. It can be said that they're like angel and devil who can never be on the same page. Kelvin and Luck often have conflicts and the person I always root for is Kelvin. He's a really great brother, unlike Luck, who loves bullying me. It seems that seeing me suffer is his pleasure. I still remember on the day I received the scholarship at school, while waiting for the ceremony to begin, Luck suddenly appeared in front of me while munching chocolate. Move, Anna, I want to sit here. Go away, there are still many other sits around. I don't want to sit next to an ass who would love to ruin my day. Oh, look at how Miss I got the scholarship is acting all high and mighty. Just shut up and move. Turd. Without my consent, he pushed me aside and sat in my seat. Not long after that, Kelvin also appeared. I excitedly stood up and signaled that there was an empty seat next to me and told him to hurry there. Lux seemed rather annoyed seeing that. Try to be nice like Kelvin and maybe I'll treat you better. <laughs> Just wait and see. Lux smirked scornfully at me. His face showed clear displeasure. After that, the three of us quickly settled into our seats and waited for the principal to begin the ceremony. After the speech, he started calling each honor student to receive the scholarship. Next, Anna York! Hearing my name, I excitedly stood up and stepped onto the stage. Suddenly, Kelvin pulled my hand back. Wait, Anna, your pants! I looked at my crotch bewilderedly and to my horror, I found Lux chocolate on them. It left a big stain in the middle of my butt. It looks as if I just pooped my pants. I glared angrily at my evil brother and he was looking back at me with a triumphant smile. Anna York, are you there? The principal's urging made me even more panicked. If anyone saw that stain, they would tease me to death. At that moment, Kelvin borrowed a towel and wrapped it around my waist to cover the stain. I breathed a sigh of relief and hurried to the stage, but after I walked a few steps, the <gasps> towel fell down. Oh look, that's poop! We got an amber herd in the house! Luck yelled and all eyes turned to me. Then everyone started laughing their butts off. I was so embarrassed that I could only run away from there. For the next several weeks, my incident was still one of the hottest topics and as expected, I was teased not 
non-stop. But that's still not the worst thing luck has ever done to me. One day, after seeing a brother makeup challenge on TikTok, I convinced Kelvin to join me. We started filming in the living room and were having so much fun until luck showed up and accidentally kicked my makeup box. He hugged his leg in pain and howled angrily. Ouch! Who left this stupid thing here? And Kel, you look like a clown. <laughs> Kelvin rolled his eyes sarcastically. Bro, you're a clown even without makeup. Yeah, just go away, Luck. Don't bother us. Sure, fine. After saying that, he left. But when we weren't paying attention, Luck suddenly reappeared and stuck a large piece of waxing pad on Kelvin's forehead. Bro, what the hell are you doing? Nothing. I'm just giving you two a hand. Then he forcefully pulled the pad away. All Kelvin could do was scream deafeningly. Then he was even more shocked to find that his eyebrows had been wiped completely. Damn it, bro! I'll beat you to a pop. Kelvin furiously stood up and chased Luck all over the house. Luck was such an obnoxious jerk. I wish I could teach him a lesson. And unexpectedly, that opportunity came to me sooner than I thought. One day, I overheard that Luck and his rock band was going to have their first school performance. It would be a lifetime opportunity for me to humiliate him in front of everyone, just like he did to me. To make sure my plan worked, I asked Kelvin for help, but surprisingly, he refused. I know, bro, is me, Nana, but you shouldn't do this. Come on, Kel. Being nice to him is a big mistake. Despite his dissuasion, I continued with my revenge plan. One day, when every student had left, I secretly hung a bucket of paint in the center of the school stage. I would time the perfect moment to pull the rope so that it fell on Luck's head. My evil brother would have to suffer what I went through. On the day the band performed, I hid in the wings and waited. While Luck was engrossed in singing, I pulled the rope to knock over the bucket of paint. However, it seems to have been stuck. Although I pulled it repeatedly, the bucket didn't fall. At that moment, Kelvin suddenly appeared. Anna, what are you doing here? No, it's just I. The embarrassment sold me out. After taking a look around, Kelvin seemed to have understood what was happening. Come on, sis. Haven't we talked about this already? But don't you want him to get a taste of his own medicine for once? I know you dislike him because he's mean. But now, to get back on him, you're doing the exact same thing you hate about him. Anna, you're making yourself the second luck. Listen to me. Can we find another way? For the first time in my life, I saw Kelvin siding with luck. Maybe he was right. Revenge wouldn't make me any better than my evil brother. In the end, I decided to listen to Kelvin and abandon my plan. As we were about to leave, the rope suddenly moved and the paint bucket started pouring down from above. Kelvin and I panicked and quickly rushed to push Luck away. Brother, be careful! But it was too late. The paint bucket had poured over us. Shoot my show! What the hell are you two doing? Luck screamed angrily. The audience below witnessed the whole scene and laughed nonstop. Once again, the legendary photo of the three of us covered in paint was spread throughout the school. Someone even stuck it. On the bulletin board, <laughs> it doesn't look half bad. At least now we all look equally pathetic. Your optimism is something else, Luck. He was quiet for a while, then suddenly he spoke up. You know, I actually want to be closer to you two, but you keep leaving me out. It's kind of lonely, you know. That's why I always want to piss you off. His words stunned me. It made me realize that I had never actually tried to give him a chance and always blindly pushed him away. I see. Well, let's get along from now on. I timidly <laughs> reached out my hand to shake his. No, that's cheesy. Luck blushed and left. Kelvin and I burst out laughing at his rare, embarrassed expression. Although we didn't say it, we understood Luck had agreed to get along with us. 
After that incident, I changed the way I treat my brothers. Sure enough, luck had stopped bullying me since then. He was more friendly and easy to talk to. I really love my two brothers. I later found out the full picture of what really happened. It turned out that Mike and Dean had a bet. Mike claimed that all the rumors about me were just fabrications, that I didn't really have any supernatural powers. That's nonsense, Mike said. She probably made it up herself, so no one would pick on her. Okay, let's assume that, Dean answered. Then let's do this. You sneak up on her and touch her arm. Mike tensed up a little. Though he was skeptical, he didn't want to test the rumors on himself. However, the conversation was taking place in the presence of other boys, so the challenge had to be accepted. Okay, I'll do it, Mike muttered uncertainly. Dean smiled wryly, and finally, I show up in this story. It happened at recess. I was getting the books I needed out of my locker when I felt someone touch my arm, just below my shoulder. I flinched in surprise. See, nothing happened, Mike said to the crowd of onlookers. He took a few steps away from me before he slipped and landed on the floor. Hi, my name is Kim, and I'm used to these things. Another non-believer became a victim of his own arrogance, and then paid the ultimate price. Tragedy and comedy. It's all your fault! It's all you! Shouted Mike to Dean, lying on a medical stretcher with a brace around his neck. Dean shrugged guiltily, as if to say, I had nothing to do with it. <laughs> Here's what happened. About 10 minutes before it happened, the cleaning lady was mopping the floors, and she put up a sign in the hallway that said, Caution, wet floor. But for some unknown reason, the sign disappeared. And Mike, thinking that destiny had no power over him, paid for this delusion with a broken neck. <laughs> Poor guy, I thought. That must have hurt. As Mike was being taken by paramedics to the hospital, Dean still couldn't calm down. Did you see him collapse? <laughs> Hilarious! Everyone around me laughed quietly. I went straight to Dean. The guys, seeing me coming, quickly took off, leaving Dean alone. He tried to act all manly, but there was tension and nervousness in his voice. He was clearly uncomfortable standing next to me. Ah, Miss Misfortune, he chuckled. Do you think it's funny? Your friend broke his neck, and you're not even ashamed. It wasn't my fault. I told him to expect trouble if you touched Kim, but he didn't believe me, and that was the result. I wanted to give him a good slap in the face, but I decided to do something different. Anyway, it's your fault. A victim of a science experiment. Oh yeah? <laughs> well then, watch out. Before Dean knew what was happening, I grabbed his arm. The guy froze and didn't move at first, and then, when he realized what had just happened, he let out a wild scream. Ah! No, not again! Why did you do that? Now I'm screwed! Nothing. Just don't cross the road and don't walk under any windows so nothing will fall on your head. And you better stay away from the dogs. Panic overtook Dean. He looked around in panic, waiting for something awful to happen. The Miss Misfortune effect worked differently every time. Sometimes it could take a while. Dean tried to figure out what to do, and he decided he had to run. Forgetting all about the classes, he ran out into the street and disappeared. I went back to my chemistry class. The curse. That's what I called my ability. The starting point of my misfortunes was my sixth birthday. I don't know what exactly happened then, 
Maybe it was the magnetic waves or the radioactive substances in the cake. But the following day, the first incident occurred. I hugged Dad as usual, and he, five minutes later, fell down the stairs, nearly breaking everything. Then the curse reached Mom. A hairdryer caught fire right in her hands and burned part of her hair. Thankfully, the flames didn't damage her skin. After a series of mutilations and troubles, my parents realized it wasn't an accident. It was me. It was hard to live without my mother's and father's touch, as if I was in an orphanage. The same story continued at school. I was more careful now, aware of the power within me, but it was impossible to avoid being touched forever. So after a few unpleasant incidents, I was nicknamed Miss Misfortune. Now everyone knew to stay away from me. I accepted my fate and the fact that I would die alone, like in a Charles Dickens novel, surrounded by spiders and cats. One good thing about all this was that no bully ever dared to hurt me. But on the other hand, I never had a boyfriend, because everyone knew how it could end. I didn't believe in miracles, right up until Liam showed up. His parents moved to our town, and he started going to the same school I went to. I don't know how to describe it. I guess I just fell in love. The very first day, as soon as he walked into class, Liam was looking around for an empty seat, and the teacher said he could sit next to me. I flared up and turned red as a tomato. My classmates started whispering, Oh, poor kid gets to sit with Miss Misfortune. We won't see him again. It didn't bother me much. I tried not to look at Liam at the time and pretended I didn't care. They could have Johnny Depp sitting next to me. I couldn't care less. Liam sat down, turned toward me, and held out his hand. I'm Liam. What's your name? I didn't shake it, just looked at the guy sideways. I'm Kim. Cool, he said, and turned back to the board. I rarely saw Liam, mostly in biology and math class, sometimes in the cafeteria. Each time I blushed and could barely get out a high, Liam would smile broadly and ask me how I was doing. I thought he'd figure out what was wrong with me. Rumors about me were spreading all over the school. So, for instance, everyone immediately thought I was getting back at Dean. Remember when I touched him as payback for him deciding to make fun of Mike? Dean ran home from school and locked himself in his room. His parents tried to get in, but he wouldn't open the door, just screamed that it was the end of him. Dean's parents freaked out and finally broke down the door. The kid was sitting in the corner with his chin on his knees, rocking back and forth, mumbling something quietly. Diagnosis? A nervous breakdown. Yes, sometimes my ability doesn't work literally, but Liam thought all this talk about me was just school gossip. I mean, people say odd things about others. I was glad he didn't believe what they were saying. But on the other hand, I was afraid it might end in tragedy. The situation became more complicated when Liam asked me out one day. I wanted to say no, but I just couldn't. He was the first guy who'd ever shown any interest in me. I should have told him the truth, that he was in danger, but I didn't say anything. In the evening, we went to the amusement park. I took every precaution I could. I wore a sweatshirt with long sleeves. I even put my mother's gloves on my hands. I looked ridiculous and weird. Are your hands cold? Liam asked me as soon as I left the house. Hey, yeah, I answered, trying to avoid the subject. My aunt is the same way. She wears gloves all the time. I smiled stupidly and we walked to the park. Surprisingly, we had a great time. Riding the wheel, Liam won a teddy bear in a throwing contest and gave it to me. I struggled to carry the huge toy around with both hands. It kept slipping out of my hands. 
Without the gloves, which were noticeably too big for me, it would have been much more comfortable. I had to risk it. Liam saw that I was about to drop the bear. He decided to pick it up and carry it himself. <sighs> and that's when he touched my hand. I dropped the bear and said, I'm sorry, I ruined it. Tears came to my eyes. What's the matter? Liam was clueless. I didn't want to see anyone else get hurt because of me. So without another word, I ran away. Liam wanted to catch up with me, but I'd already disappeared into the crowd. The next day, I found out that he was taken away by an ambulance that night. Turns out he got a severe food poisoning. It was the third victim of my curse this month. Like Dean, I locked myself in my room and didn't come out for a long time. Maybe I should never be around people at all, I thought, trying to somehow figure myself out. But for my parents, there was only one excuse for not going to school, death. So even though I felt terrible, I had to go to class. I was always treated with suspicion, but this time the level of paranoia was off the charts. No one came within a few meters of me. Moreover, I noticed some tension even in the behavior of the teachers. I found out later that Mike and Dean were responsible for the boycott. Maybe it wasn't nice what I did to Dean, but I didn't want to hurt Mike. I guess that's how the hurt effect works. No one wanted to figure anything out. I was, by default, the case of every misfortune that happened under the roof of that goddamn school. Dad tried to reassure me. Honey, don't pay any attention to them. Yes, my mother said. Children are so cruel. I knew they were cruel, but what am I supposed to do? They didn't have an answer to that question. As usual, I was left alone with my own curse. Sometimes it seemed to me that there were witches in our bloodline, and this was the punishment for terrorizing people in some small town. But I'm not a witch. I can't turn people into toads. I don't make magic potions. I'm just an ordinary girl who, for some unknown reason, has a very unusual ability. Liam was released from the hospital a week later. I was dreading seeing him. What would he say? Would he break up with me? Of course he would. There was not a single positive thought in my head at the time. How could he stay with me after that first date? What would have happened if we became a couple? What if he would kiss me? It's scary to even imagine. They might as well launch me into space to keep me away from all the people I could hurt. I ran into Liam in the hallway. He came up to me with a smile that never left his face and said, Hey, our first date didn't end very well. Maybe we could try again. I couldn't believe my ears. And you're not afraid that one day a brick might fall on your head? No, why should I be? Then, to my surprise, he took my hand and walked me to class. I expected the worst, but nothing happened to Liam that day or the next day. My curse was gone, just like in the fairy tale of Beauty and the Beast. All I had to do was wait for a man who would truly love me. It took me a long time to get used to the fact that I could hug my mother. I could hold Liam's hand as I walked. True love really can do anything. What would you do if every time you touched someone, it brought them bad luck? Write your answers in the comments, like the video, and share it with your friends. There's a whole pile of money in here. There's so much money, it'll be enough for several generations. I excitedly told my boyfriend. You should talk to your parents about it. They should explain to you the origin of the money. Johnny replied thoughtfully. What if they didn't know anything about it? 
Maybe I should just take some of it. I continued to reason. No way. First of all, it could be someone else's money. And secondly, it could have a criminal background. My boyfriend suggested, which really scared me. Strangely enough, I didn't even think about it. You're right. Maybe I should discuss it with my parents. Hi everyone, my name is Mary, and I recently found out that there are millions of dollars in my house. But despite that, our family lives on the edge of poverty. My parents are farmers, so they live in a rural community. Or more accurately, in the middle of nowhere. For the sake of my future, they sent me to the city to study. Now I only come home on weekends and school breaks. And the rest of the time, I live with my grandparents. In fact, my parents used to be quite well off. We had a nice apartment in the city, but we had to sell it after the fire at the farm in order to rebuild at least some of the destroyed property and start farming again. It's going to be different now. We can't afford half of what we used to be able to afford, of what we used to be able to do, Dad said sadly as he stood on the ashes and wiped a faint tear from his cheek. But my parents didn't want to change anything. The thing is, we belong to one of the oldest families that had been farming for centuries. It runs in our veins. My grandfather was a farmer. My father was a farmer. But I would like for my children and my grandchildren to choose their own path. My father always says proudly, and I'm very grateful to him for that. I would like to be a stewardess or a model, but I haven't made up my mind yet, and I still have time to think about it. Think, think, my dear. But if anything, you can always take over our family business in the form of hay, manure, and cows. My daddy smirked at me. And when he said that, I didn't feel like fooling around and letting things happen by themselves. By the way, my parents are very brave people. They were supposed to continue taking care of the family business after the wedding, but they had the courage to run away to the city for a better future, so I could grow up in a different environment and get a decent education. And I think I'm on the right track. I've made a lot of new friends in the city, and most importantly, I met my love, Johnny. What are you doing? Just put your foot here and the machine will wrap the film around your shoes. Are you from a village? Said Johnny when he saw me for the first time. I was trying to pull a bag from the shoe cover machine. Yeah, from the village, I said blushing. How ashamed I was of myself. But if it weren't for that incident, I would never have met my love. Johnny and I have a lot in common. We listen to the same music, we love sushi, and we both bite our nails when we're nervous. When I go to my parents' house, my boyfriend misses me a lot and looks forward to my return. On one of those trips, I decided to clean up the barn to help out my parents a little. But it turned out to be so old that at some point, the floor just collapsed and I fell right through it. Man, that hurt. Mom used to always tell me to eat more food. If I'd been a little thicker, I wouldn't have fallen through that crack. I grumbled angrily at myself. It was easier to fall through than to get back out. I hope I don't starve to death in this hole. I muttered and decided to look around. I turned on the light on my phone. There was nothing around except a strange box. I had unrealistic hopes for its contents. I hoped to find tools in it that I could use to break up the rest of the floor and get back to the surface. However, its contents were more than unexpected because the box was filled to the brim with money. What a find! There's a fortune here! A dream come true! And what a pity it's come to me now, when I can only use it as toilet paper or a handkerchief. I said ironically, trying to figure out how much money was in there. At that point, the money didn't really matter, because I had to get out. And when you're in an extreme situation, 
you have to use whatever you have on hand. So I got on top of the box of money, broke the floorboards above my head, and climbed out. That sure went well, I said, wiping the sweat from my head. After the fall, my bones ached and my head was pounding. What bothered me the most was my discovery. There was a fortune in that box and it could change our family's life. Realizing this was terrifying and exciting at the same time. So I covered the hole in the floor with junk and hurried away. Where did this money come from? Who does it belong to? Do my parents know about it? And if they do, why are they living on the edge of poverty? I pondered. I didn't ask my parents that time. And when I got back to town, I decided to tell Johnny. He assured me that no matter what, I should talk to my parents about what I found. Okay, this weekend I would definitely do that. I promised my boyfriend. And for the next few days, I imagine the conversation I'll have with my mom and dad when I go home for the weekend. Do you know that you have a lot of cash lying around in there? Do you want some dough? Look there. Don't have enough money? Just get it from the barn. That's about how I imagined the beginning of my conversation with my folks. I really don't know how to tell them what I'd found because it wasn't a $10 bill. Confusion, fear, panic, joy, excitement. I think I was going through the whole range of emotions, but I was still able to pull myself together and start talking. Mom, Dad, last week I fell through the floor in the shed and found a whole bunch of money in a box. Do you have anything to say about that? I said boldly when I arrived at my parents' house. I'd been preparing, and that's why my words sounded confident and clear of any doubts. At that moment, I was ready for any reaction from my parents, from indifference to a fit of rage. I hope you didn't touch them. My dad didn't even flinch. I didn't, but why are you so calm about it? As if millions of dollars mean nothing to you. Maybe there's something I don't understand. I answered suspiciously. My mother was clearly nervous, putting her apron on and taking it off several times. Yes, of course I know about the money. But the most important thing you have to understand is, you must never take a cent from it. Dad said sternly and went back to his business. All my next questions were simply ignored, and that put me in a kind of stupor. Parents count every penny, save on everything, and yet they have millions of dollars. It's weird, I thought. I came up with two main theories that day. I was open to the possibility that my parents' savings from the old days were put aside and that they were intended for my studies at a prestigious university. The other version was that my father got the money through some crooked way, so he was afraid to spend it. But knowing my father's honest nature, this version seemed completely absurd and unrealistic. However, I decided to do my own investigation anyway and googled information on unsolved thefts and burglaries in recent years. And I managed to find something interesting. Some time ago in a neighboring city, an armored car was robbed. The criminals got away with millions of dollars, and the police never managed to find them. What's more, the date of the robbery was almost the same as the day of the fire that happened at our house. It all made sense. Out of desperation, Daddy decided to make some extra money for the family and committed a horrible crime. And now it was clear why he had hidden that money so carefully and forbade me from touching it. He's just afraid that he'll be found and locked up for the rest of his life. God, what a nightmare! How could Daddy do such a thing? And who was the other burglar? I wondered aloud, trying not to panic. The next morning, I had to go back to the city. But it wasn't the alarm clock that woke me up. It was a loud conversation outside. 
I looked out the window and saw my dad talking to a man, and it was hardly a friendly conversation. Don't worry, your money will stay intact, and my daughter will live the life she wants. We'd rather be poor, but free. My father said to the stranger, it was clear that the man had something uh -huh. to do with that money, and that it no. was somehow directly related uh -huh. to me. I decided to waste no time and act, because now the truth was closer than ever. Why don't you tell me what this is all about? I said defiantly, running out into the street. My father was surprised and hesitated for a bit, and the stranger looked at me with an appraising look, smiled and said, So that's who you are, our future daughter-in-law? After these words, my father shouted at him and sent him away. I was so shocked, I couldn't say a word, and just looked at my father in confusion. All right, I'll tell you everything, he said sadly and went into the house. That's when I found out that the stranger was a rich man from the community that my parents had fled from years before. Some time ago, he found out about the fire and our financial situation and decided to seize the moment. You know very well that members of our community shouldn't get involved with outsiders, so it's best for everyone if your daughter marries my son, he said to my father, opening a suitcase of money in front of him. He was offering my father a huge sum of money, and in exchange, I had to marry the stranger's son, but my father flatly refused, so they made a bet. The man said he would leave the money with us, and if not a single bill disappeared before I came of age, then daddy could have the money for himself. But if anyone took a cent, my daddy would give me a way to marry his son. Now you know everything, so I'm asking you to forget about the money for a while, and then in a year, we'll be very rich. Daddy said hopefully at the end of his story, and then he added, Look at the son of that weirdo. How could I marry you off to such an awful guy? He showed me a picture on his phone. It was Johnny. I mean, all this time, my dad's been doing everything he could to keep me from doing what had already happened. Yes, Daddy, I think you're right, I said as I hurried to get my things so I could catch the bus. My head was a mess. But one thing I did know was that we could basically start spending money now. Johnny wasn't someone I wanted to keep away from and I'd be glad to be his wife in the future. Do you think I should tell my parents and start spending that money, or should I wait a little longer? Share your answers in the comments, and be sure to like this video if you enjoyed it. I suspected that my older sister was hiding something from us. I had to spy on her to find out the whole truth. Hello, my name is Robin, and I want to share my story with you. One day, our <laughs> biology teacher caught some kind of infection. We weren't too worried about his health, rather the opposite. After all, we were free earlier. Joyful with vanilla ice cream in my hand, I was returning from school. There was no one at home. Taking advantage of the rare moments of silence, I lay down on the sofa. I was resting and texting with Jenna, when suddenly there was a click on the lock of the front door. Slowly, slinking like a cat, my sister Carrie entered the living room. I stayed unnoticed on the couch and made no sound. I watched her suspicious behavior. Everything would be okay if my sister didn't hold a Prada bag in her hands. My eyes just popped out of my head. You would understand me if you knew what a poor and conservative family we have. Parents believe that buying luxury branded items is unacceptable. And they gave us so little pocket money that it wouldn't be enough. I didn't know what to think. I decided to ask Carrie directly and knocked on her door. Usually it didn't lock, but not this time. Just a minute, 
The sister called from the back of the room. This also seemed strange and unusual to me. When Carrie opened the door, she looked flustered. Oh, it's you, she said with relief. Who were you waiting for? I thought maybe the parents returned earlier. What do you need? She wanted to get rid of me as soon as possible. I noticed a handbag in her hands. Carrie looked surprised. The handbag? From Prada? She laughed. <laughs> you imagined it. I don't have a bag at all. You must have confused it with a backpack. Carrie pointed defiantly at the backpack, which had been casually thrown on the floor. No, I definitely saw it. I insisted. Well, I know for sure that I don't have any handbag. I had to step back because I was sure that Carrie was lying to me. But why? I won't tell my parents the first time I get a chance. So that time, I left with nothing. Mom and Dad came home late from work, and in the evening, we all get together for dinner. That evening was no different from the previous ones. Carrie behaved as usual. I followed her every movement, every intonation in her voice. I thought maybe something would give her away, but no. She was the old Carrie. Talkative, cheerful, she talked the whole evening. What a tasteless lunch at school. Overcooked beans and cold potatoes. It was terrible. Parents nodded and answered something, maintaining an easy conversation. Of course, I kept my suspicions to myself. On an ordinary evening dinner, it would look stupid. For a while, I even forgot about the mysterious handbag. Until something else happened. One day after school, I was walking with my friend Jenna. We drank milkshakes and discussed which of the guys in class is the cutest. Kyle for sure. Jenna put forward the version. I didn't agree with her. Well, I don't know. I'm for Derek. Plus, he has a car. But Kyle's parents have a jacuzzi at home. So we would continue to list the pros and cons of the guys if I hadn't accidentally seen my sister in the restaurant window. Carrie was sitting at a table with a strange man. I, following some inner impulse, immediately hid behind a bush. What happened to you? Jenna asked in bewilderment, grabbing my hand. See that girl? I pointed at Carrie. Yeah? That's my sister. So what? She's sitting in an expensive restaurant with a stranger who's much older than her. It's very suspicious. If the parents saw Carrie now, they definitely wouldn't like it. Jenna just frowned slightly, not really delving into my family affairs. I wanted to understand what was happening with my sister and find out what kind of double life she was leading. During the day, Carrie is an ordinary schoolgirl, and by the evening, she lives someone else's life. Maybe she's a spy or a professional thief like Catwoman. It was necessary to act carefully. I didn't want to throw false accusations or blame her for something without evidence because she is very smart and resourceful. I needed a very good plan. I came home when Carrie was gone. Sister came late in the evening, what caused concern to the parents and incurred her wrath. Caroline, do you know what time it is? Menacingly asked the father. I don't know, like nine? No, it's already half past nine. My mother always spoke quietly, but at the same time, her voice was very menacing. At times like these, I wanted to hide away. Sorry, I didn't notice. You should work on your punctuality if you don't want to stay at home all next weekend. Carrie put on a guilty face and went upstairs. I didn't want to meet her on stairs, so I ran into my room and closed the door. I was left alone with my thoughts and compared some facts. 
In the restaurant, I saw my sister in different clothes. She was wearing an elegant dress, and she came home in her usual t-shirt and jeans. Carrie didn't want anyone to know her secret. That's why she carefully sweeps all the traces of her double life. Thoughts of Carrie wouldn't let me go even in bed. I tried to put forward various assumptions about what's going on with my sister. She walks in an expensive dress, wears a Prada handbag, and visits luxury restaurants. And also that man. I didn't like him right away. Some kind of unnatural with an arrogant expression on his face. I hope he didn't drag Carrie into something dangerous and illegal. Anything could happen. What if she became part of the criminal world or suddenly won the lottery? Now she's spinning in higher circles and maybe she's ashamed of us. These thoughts made my stomach hurt. I needed to know for sure. I've been wanting to do something for a long time, but everything could not be decided. I was sure that I needed to search her room while Carrie was at school. Our biology teacher is still holed up at home after the infection. So tomorrow, it'll be possible to leave early again. This is a great chance to find out what my sister is hiding. The next day, as I planned, I got home before Carrie. Jenna protested. She wanted to watch the football teams practice together. Her beloved Kyle played that day. But her tempting offer intrigued me, much less than my sister's secret. Sorry, I can't. I have urgent business. Someone died? I don't know yet. Leaving Jenna in disbelief, I rushed home. Our parents at this time of the day, as usual, disappeared at work. And Carrie was on her math lesson. Therefore, I had an hour or so for everything to be done. I can't lose a minute. I was going to be methodical. Explore one corner after another, in order not to miss something important. But when I entered the room, my plans went to hell. Curiosity was so great that I just pounced on the first cabinet shelves that I came across and began to turn everything upside down. Things flew like fireworks behind my back, and after a second, they fell on the floor. Fifteen minutes later, the floor was littered with Carrie's clothes. And at that time, I didn't care. How I clean it all up? I was burning with one desire, to find something interesting. And I succeeded! In a pile of socks, I found a silver box. I've never seen it before. I was glowing with excitement. What could be in there? It must be something secret. I slowly opened the lid and froze in amazement. The box was full of all sorts of jewels. There were gold chains, a diamond necklace, earrings with sapphires. I literally froze with my mouth open. I couldn't believe I see all this for real. Maybe I overheated and it's just a glitch, a game of my imagination. But before I could decide whether it was true or not, a voice came from behind me. Kick it! What are you doing here? Carrie stood in the doorway, staring in shock at the clothes lying on the floor. She didn't like anyone to enter the room in her absence at all, not to mention someone touching her personal things. I got scared. I couldn't say a word. I ask again, what the hell are you doing in my room? I hit the box behind my back. I... I... I was just looking for one thing. I thought maybe you took it by accident. Carrie gave me a furious look. I didn't take anything from you. How dare you do something like this? Well, I... What do you have behind your back? Squinted Carrie. Nothing. 
My sister moved towards me. I stepped back a little and leaned against the wall. I had nowhere to run. Carrie grabbed my hand and the box fell to the floor. The jewel scattered in a glittering heap. Thief! My sister screamed and attacked me. We grappled and fell to the floor. We haven't fought since childhood, but there was an exceptional case. I didn't steal anything! I tried to shout, but my sister didn't listen. I got angry too, because she's the one who spreads the secrets. I just wanted to get the truth. After a five-minute romp, we finally let each other go. I struggled to my feet and dusted myself off. At that moment, we were looking amazing. Tousled hair, eyes red with anger. Get out of my room! My sister hissed, like I want to stay here. I slammed the door and went to my room. I fell on my bed. I literally seethed with anger. I wanted to tell my parents everything, but I decided not to. Carrie and I didn't talk for a whole week. She pouted and avoided me, but I couldn't let it go. I needed to know the truth, whatever it takes. I figured that the only way to find out my sister's secrets was to follow Carrie. I waited when she left the house and followed her using my spy skills. First, she ran into some diner. She came out of there in a new dress. I was a little jealous that she had such outfits. After the diner, Carrie headed to an expensive restaurant, one of those places where the richest and most powerful people in the city go. The same man sat down next to her at the table. Through the window, I saw my sister take a necklace out of her purse and hand it to the man. She said something to him, but I can't read lips. Though it was clear to me anyway, sister steals jewels and then sells them on the black market. I couldn't take it anymore. Without asking Carrie anything, I ran home and told my mom and dad everything. A scandal erupted in the evening, but it didn't turn out the way I thought. First of all, Carrie didn't steal anything. I don't know why I decided that. Maybe I watched too many spy movies. Secondly, she simply hid the fact that she had found a job and a very unusual one. One day she went to a jewelry store just to look at the jewelry. One diamond ring caught her attention. It seemed to Carrie that it was a fake, which she informed the seller about. He laughed, but then he nevertheless sent the diamond for examination. And a few days later, Carrie was contacted by the shop owner, trying to figure out how she knew the stone wasn't real. Sister couldn't really explain, citing intuition. The jeweler invited her to take a test and laid out several pieces. Carrie easily determined where the real stones were and where the cheap glass ones were. They offered her to work with the store, and then Carrie got private clients. Rich people wanted to know if fake diamonds had been sold to them. And for this service, they were ready to pay big money. But why didn't you tell us anything? Father asked. I was afraid. You forbade us to earn extra money and buy expensive things. That's why I did it secretly. It soon became clear that Carrie had earned almost a million dollars from this job. Wow, I didn't even think it was possible. The parents didn't get angry for long. At first, they wanted to forbid Carrie to do that, but then they decided that if she found her vocation, then they shouldn't interfere. For a while, Carrie sulked at me and continued to ignore me. After all, I gave her up. But then we made up and became sisters again. Carrie used the money she made to take me to the Côte d'Azur, where we rode a yacht and swam in the sea. It was an amazing summer!
I'm glad that my sister found her favorite thing, even though her ability seems incredible. Have you ever suspected your loved ones of a double life? Tell us in the comments how your suspicions ended.